so glad you could join us for the mornings at YCBC today. We want to thank you for being a part of our online family and we hope that this message encourages you, blesses you and helps you grow in your walk with him. So let's get into the word. I'm going to pray and then we're going to jump in together into God's word as we start this new series. Uh, So Father, I I just feel this morning that when I look at my notes and what I have in mind to say, it, it is nowhere near what I believe you have for us this morning. Not that I haven't prepared, but, but I just feel like you have something uh, transformative in, in what you want to communicate this morning. So I pray this morning that you would help me to preach this message. I pray that your word would come alive by your spirit, that it would be living and active this morning. That you would transform us in every single way through your word and your spirit. In Jesus', in Jesus name, amen. Uh, so I want to begin this morning by, by asking you... What would you ask for? And, and so there's, there's you know, hundreds and thousands of stories and jokes and things about finding a genie in the bottle and you find this little bottle or this lamp and you give it a rub to polish it up and the genie pops out and goes, you've got three wishes. Uh, and so I want to ask you if that, you know, obviously mythical, hypothetical scenario happened, what would you ask for? What three things would you ask for if you had the power to ask a genie to change anything? What would you ask for? And so it touches that kind of idea, this, this joke, this, this story touches within something within us that it opens up this thought of, oh, if only I could change this and this and that, what, what, what difference it could make for my life or for the world, depending on how altruistic we are. It touches in there. And it also touches in that space of, of the, th- the thoughts and questions we often have. If I could just have... This, or if just that thing could be different, then, then I'd be comfortable. Or if this could, if, if I could just have, you know, say a million dollars or a little bit more money, or, or if that person was kind of whisked off to another place, or, 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 if, or if this situation changed, then I'd be content, I'd be satisfied. This genie in a bottle idea, this myth, this, this joke touches in that, that place that we think about. If I just had X then things would be great. So what would you ask for? If you found a genie in a bottle. Or more significantly, I, wanna, I want us to explore this morning, and this is the question we're going to have in, in our minds this morning as we begin this new series. What if you had a blank check from God? If you had a blank check from God, what would you ask for? What would you fill in if, if God opened his checkbook, and we're not just thinking about money here, and, and handed you a blank check with his signature on it, whatever you ask for, you can write anything in that space and it will be accomplished. What would you put there? What would you ask for if you had a blank check from God? And so I want us to sit with this question as we start this new series. We're starting a series called The Kings of Judah. I said last week I was super tempted to call this Game of Thrones. Um, over the next uh, little while where we're going to be exploring this. And, 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 and so what we're doing is we're going through the book of 2 Chronicles. And, and this is the, the story of the kings of Judah after the great king David that we hear about up until that point in 1 Chronicles, uh, in the books of Samuel and Kings, it's all there. But 2 Chronicles picks up after the great king David, you know, David of David and Goliath fame, David of, of, of being the youngest son yet anointed to be king 
fame, David of uh, delivering Israel from you know, this band of tribes under a failed king to a great and powerful nation. So we pick up the story after him as, as kings take on the throne in his footsteps. And I want to say, you know, a bit humbling this morning from Deb and a bit of pressure on this morning. I better do a good job. But uh, I want to say I am really excited to get back into this kind of series. I love doing topical stuff where we, we come into the Bible and go, God, what do you have to say about this? Like we've just explored culture code. What does God have to say about the culture of the church? But I love getting back into a series where we're just saying we're going to do this book. We're going to go to 2 Chronicles and we're, and we're going to explore what's going to come out of that. And so it's exciting because as, a, as I get to study and, and read and look at it, there's just unexpected things that come out and I'm just amazed by how good God is and how powerful His Word is. And, and so I'm hoping that at least some of the excitement I get from that, some of the joy I get from that and some of the, the insight from God and His Spirit that I get from preparing, uh, I can have the capacity to pass it on to you. Uh, So I want to encourage you to be excited as we jump into the kings of Judah, as we think about the game of thrones that happens uh, in in the nation of Judah. I want you to be excited about God's word. Because we can look at two chronicles and think, oh, this is just an old fuddy book that's ancient. It's probably about 6,000 years old at least. and, 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 And it's just this list of kings and what they did and what happened. But in it is God's story and and so... It's also a story of how these people interacted with God and and we can learn lessons from them. We can be shaped by their story. It's amazing in some sense how little has changed in human nature across so many thousands of years. And so Solomon was the first king after David. He was one of Solomon's sons and we read in 2 Chronicles chapter 1 verse 1. Solomon, son of David, established himself firmly over his kingdom, for the Lord his God was with him and made him exceedingly great. Now, if we were just to read that verse, we think, oh, easy. Solomon had it easy, just a quick, he took the throne, exceedingly great. But, but Solomon stepped into a calling, a task, a job, a responsibility that was bigger than him, that was beyond his capacity. He stepped into uh, the throne room. He sat upon the throne of his father, David. His reign as king would be in the shadow of David. It's David who thousands of years later that Jesus gets the title, the son of David. It's David who was the, the, the king, who was the exemplar of all other kings for the nation of Israel and the nation of Judah. Even in, in, in Judaic Christian uh, culture today, King David is such a, a, a prominent, powerful figure of what it means to, to, to rule, to reign. He was a great king, as I said, who took Israel from a, a tribe of a, a group of tribes under a, a failed king into a powerful nation and kingdom. He was a great warrior. And he was a great worshipper. He's also an example that we hold up as what it looks like to be a great worshipper of God. And so Solomon takes the throne in his shadow. They are big shoes to fill. It's a task that was beyond him, that was bigger than him. And and not only does he have big shoes to fill, there's plenty of other people who want to fill those shoes instead of him. 
There's plenty of other contenders for the throne. See, Solomon wasn't David's only son. David had lots and lots and lots of children. And Solomon was far from being amongst the eldest of them. And so many of David's older brothers were keen to sit on the throne. And in fact, before we even get to Solomon, there's two that have had a crack at it, who've tried to be the next king after David. One tried to take the throne off David. One, just before Solomon, um, Adonijah, thought, Dad's getting pretty old. He's about to cark it. It's time for me to sit on the throne. And it's only then that David thinks, well, I actually need to hand the throne on to somebody. I need to be proactive about that. And God's leading me to make it Solomon. And so it's only then when someone else has tried to take the throne, one of Solomon's brothers, that Solomon gets the throne. He's got to look out for knives in his back. He's in the shadow of his great father, David, but he's got to watch his back as well. Not only that, as Deb read for us, that the people that he was king over, in, in Solomon's own words, are as numerous as the dust on all the earth. This isn't kind of being mayor of Yass. Not that I suggest that's an easy job, but this isn't just like 6,000 people or it's a 15,000 in, in the council area. Uh, that's a big job, being mayor of a council area of 15,000 people. But this is, this is as in Solomon's words, there is so many people that you have set me king over. And just a little side note, if, if, you've, if you've been following the story, if you've read the Bible from, from, from Genesis or at least know the story, this is one of those moments where we can miss it. But, but it's one of those profound moments where we see, because what did God promise Abraham? that his children would be as numerous as the sand on the seashore. And so this is not even the whole point of this passage, but Solomon is saying in this encounter with God that he had, that Deb read about, your people, this is the descendants of Abraham, are as numerous as the dust on the earth. We could almost miss it. Who's ever been in that situation in life where God's promised them something and life's gone on and, and and then later on they realize, oh, wait a minute. I hadn't actually noticed, but God has fulfilled his promises to me. And so this is a reminder for us, this is not the point of the message this morning, but it's a reminder for us to to pause and take note of those little moments. And perhaps this morning now the Holy Spirit will reveal to you, you're you're in a moment where there's something that you prayed for long ago, and you felt like God had promised you something, but you kind of didn't really notice, but but this morning you realize, ah, that took place. God fulfilled his promise. A fulfilled promise, but a great challenge for Solomon as king to to govern a people as numerous as the dust on the earth. And so in his own words, Solomon says in this encounter with God that we're going to explore in a moment, who is able to govern this great people? Solomon acknowledged before God that he'd been called to something, he'd been handed a responsibility, a task that, that involved, of course, great privilege to be king but with something that was bigger than him, that was beyond him. And so I want to ask this morning, is there anything in your life at the moment that's just simply bigger than you are? 
Is there anything that's just beyond you? Maybe it's a calling, and, and I don't want us to limit this idea of calling to being a king or a missionary or a pastor or a barista, uh, but I want us to explore, expand that out and because I believe that no calling is higher than any other calling, whether you're called to be a teacher, whether you're called to be a mum, whether you're called to be a father, whether you're called to be a butcher, whether you're called to be a candlestick maker or a baker, whatever you're called to be, maybe it's that that's a bit bigger than you are right now. It's beyond you. Or, or maybe it's not a calling. Maybe it's a, it's a crisis in your life at the moment that's just bigger than you. Maybe it's like a crescendo of crises building on top of one another. There's a crisis in your life at the moment and you're just in this space where this morning you're like, God, this is bigger than me. It's beyond me. Or maybe it's a conflict. Maybe it's not a calling, maybe it's not a crisis, maybe there's a, a conflict in your life at the moment where you just don't have the capacity, you just don't know how that's going to be resolved. You don't have a path forward. Or maybe it's just simply the context of your life right now is just beyond you. Maybe it's not about a calling or a crisis or a conflict. It's not about anything in particular, but just the entire context of your life is just bigger than you. You're just sinking in life. Is there anything in your life at the moment that is simply bigger than you? Just like Solomon stepped into what looks like an external circumstance, a privileged position, but is really a calling beyond his capacity. See, the thing is, though, when we're in a place where things are beyond us, that's where God shows up. And so God shows up for Solomon with a blank check. It says, Solomon, in verses 6 and 7 of 2 Chronicles chapter 1, it says, Solomon went up to the bronze altar before the Lord in the tent of meeting and offered a thousand burnt offerings on it. He was a giver. That night God appeared to Solomon and said to him, Ask whatever you want me to give you. Whatever you want. When things are beyond us, when life is beyond us, God shows up. That's the space in which God shows up. And God shows up for Solomon with a blank check. Ask whatever you want me to give you. And so what would you ask for in this place? This is what I asked at the beginning. You've had some time to, to marinate that question over in your thoughts and you, maybe you've kind of changed your mind a few times. What would you ask for in this place? If you were in Solomon's place and he said, ask me whatever you want and I'll give it to you, what would you ask for? Deb's already read the passage for us, so we already know what Solomon asked for. But before we get to that, I want to think about what could he have asked for? What might we have asked for? And, and it's actually in this passage, God who fills in those answers. Uh, God said to Solomon, this is part of uh, one Chronicles, uh, sorry, 2 Chronicles 1.11, God said to Solomon, Since this is your heart's desire and you have not asked for wealth, possessions or honour, nor for the death of your enemies, and since you've not asked for long life, and we'll get back to that verse, but, but God fills in the space of what Solomon could have asked for. He could have asked for wealth. 
I'd be lying if I didn't think there was, uh, I didn't often think in my life, just a million dollars. Just a million dollars and so many of the complications of my life would be resolved. Easy. If I just had wealth, God, then I could be free of anxiety and stress. I could serve you so much more freely and wholeheartedly. If I just had a million dollars. I won't ask for a raise of hands who, who had some capacity of money. Maybe I'm thinking small. Um, a million dollars is, is not quite enough. Maybe it's a billion dollars that some of us have thought. Just a billion? That'll be enough, God? Maybe you can start to solve not just your own problems, but the world's problems. Maybe I'm selfish in only asking for a million because that only solves my problems. So I won't ask for a raise of hands who had money in there, but, but how many people know that plenty of people have won the lottery and ended up with a whole lot more problems than they started with? So often we think money is the answer. No matter how much money people earn, like I've read that researchers have discovered, that no no matter how much money people earn, when you ask them how much do they need, it's always just at least a little bit more. Whether you earn 50,000 or 500,000, the amount of money that you feel like you need is just a bit more. And so God says, you could have asked for wealth. You could have asked for possessions. You know, which is connected to wealth, obviously, but, but just, you know, how, how many of us think, oh, if I could just had a nicer car, a nicer house, uh, if I just had a bigger TV, you know, that's, that's my downtime God. You know, when I just watch movies and so if the TV was just a bit bigger. I'm not saying houses, cars and TVs are a bad thing. I confess I am in the process of trying to sell one house and buy another one. It's not that those things are bad, but... but is that what we ask for when we ask God, could we, with the blank check? God says Solomon could have asked for honour, or we could translate this word fame or, or personal glory. How many of us kind of think it would be, be nice to be famous, or at least a bit more honoured and, and acknowledged as someone an important and significant in our community, wouldn't it be great? God says, Solomon, you could have asked for that. Or he could have asked for the death of his enemies. There was lots of contenders for the throne within his own family, but there were also... Lots of nations surrounding Israel who would have liked to have had a piece of it or all of it. We might look at Israel on a map and think, oh, it's not. You know, today we might look, is that the promised land? That dry little kind of bit of pinky finger on the edge of the Mediterranean. But even today, but especially in ancient times, that that dry little piece of land on the edge of the Mediterranean was the convergence of all the known trade routes in the ancient world. It all had to pass through Israel. Though the land mass might be small, it was a land that was pivotal to the entire ancient world. 
plenty of people would have wanted a piece of that. And so Solomon could have asked for the death of his enemies. Just wipe them all out, God. Things will be easy. We, we might not be as brutal as, as ancient uh, Near Eastern people um, who were quick and ready with a sword. So we may not have thought when, when we asked that question, what would we ask for? Not many of us. You know, we're, we're a good group of people, so I'm confident that not many of us... If that person could die, God, that would be great. I, I'm confident that not many of us have thought that. But I think we'd be lying if, if at times we haven't thought things along the line or just ask God, if that person could just be further away, God, or if that person could just, you know, not be around anymore, or if that person could... Whatever, that, that there's this... this, this issue we have with the person and and so there's times in life where what we would write on that blank check is just that person not near me in some capacity solomon could have asked for the death of his enemies or a long life you know just make me live for a really really long time just you know health prosperity wellness solomon could have asked for that and so all of these things, what, what they are, what they could have, what Solomon could have asked for, they're all external things. They're not things within him, but things outside of him. Things about his context, things about his situation, things about his circumstance. They're all about making life easier for him by changing the world around him. All these things he could have asked for are things about changing the world around him to make life better, easier, more comfortable, more content. And so what would you write on the blank check? These are the things that we normally ask for, aren't they? Especially when life gets a bit big for us, our, our prayers are often focused on the external things. I want to say there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not wanting us to feel shamed or guilty today. But our prayers so often focus on the external. More money, bigger house, easier life, health, things outside of us. We want the circumstances to change. We want the crisis gone. We want the challenge to be over. We want the conflict to end we want our context to be easier. Very rarely, if I'm honest about myself, are my prayers about things within me. A desire for myself to change. A desire for myself to grow and be transformed within the context that I'm in. So when we have this blank check from God... When we polish the lamp and a genie pops out and says three wishes, the space, and maybe this is just me, maybe I'm just preaching to myself this morning and I'm happy to do that. But where my head and where our head so often goes is to change the world around us, not change the world within us. But what did Solomon ask for? Just a reminder, in 2 Chronicles 1, 8 to 10, it says... When, when God showed up in this space where Solomon was out of his depth and said, here's a blank check, Solomon answered God, you've shown great kindness to David, my father, and have made me king in his place. Oh gosh, how am I going to do this? Lord God, 
Let your promise to my father David be confirmed. That promise was that David would have a descendant to sit on the throne forever. For you have made me king over a people who are as numerous as the dust on the earth. Oh gosh, how am I going to do this? Give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead this people for who is able to govern this great people of yours? Oh gosh, how am I going to do this? What did Solomon ask for? Wisdom and knowledge. He didn't ask, God, can I have lots of money? That'll solve my problems. I'll just, I'll just make life easy with abundance of cash. He didn't ask for all of his enemies to die so that he wouldn't have to watch his back. Or He, he didn't ask for things to make the context easier. He asked for something within him to equip and enable him for the context. He asked for wisdom and knowledge, the capacity and enabling to fulfill his call. So Solomon was put upon the throne to lead God's people, but also to be a demonstration of his glory. So the whole reason why God's promised land for his people was, was that the trade routes uh, of all these nations surrounding them was so that people would come through Israel and see his people and see the glory of God manifest through them. If we fast forward in Solomon's life, and we'll do this this morning because we're not going to do all of Solomon's life. We're going to skip to his son next week, Rehoboam. I'm really excited about that message. Come back and, and hear it. Um, but if we skip forward a bit in Solomon's life, the queen of Sheba, this far off nation, comes to see Solomon because she's heard about his wisdom and his wealth. And she comes to see him. And, and even though she says, I, I've heard some big stories about you, but what I've seen surpasses that. Enormously, she comes and sees Solomon. But what she really sees is the glory of God manifest through his people. And so Solomon was given a calling that was beyond him, but, but the calling wasn't for himself, it was to bring God glory so the nations might see and praise his name. And so what if the situation you're in at the moment, whether it's a calling, a, a conflict, whether, whether it's a crisis or, or whatever it is in your life at the moment, if there's something that's beyond you, what if that very situation is about you bringing God glory? Or, or what if the situation is also about God developing and growing something within you? See, Solomon's prayer wasn't a prayer for God to change the external circumstances. It was a prayer for, for change within him. If we're to follow Solomon's example, it, it looks like praying, God, don't just work for me, but also work in me. So much of, that, of my prayer life is about, God, work for me in this. God, work for me in this. God, do that for me. And not enough of it is about, God, don't just work for me, work in me. Transform me, equip me, enable me, that I might bring him glory. It looks like praying not just for God to remove the fire, but to make us fireproof. It looks like praying for God to enable us, to equip us, 
for the calling, to endure the crisis, to live through and perhaps resolve the conflict or be someone who glorifies him in it. It looks like praying for God just to enable us and equip us with the context of our life in general. Not just to survive, but to come out the other side of this season where where things are beyond a stronger, more refined and filled with faith. And so this morning, if you're in a season or if you're in a moment or, or perhaps there will be moments to come in your life where things are bigger than you, I want to encourage you to pray for breakthrough. Pray for breakthrough. Pray that God will shift the world and the circumstances around you, that he'd pour out favor on your life. All of that's okay, but, but don't neglect praying for breakthrough within you. Pray for rain. Amen. But let's pray also in the midst of that, that God will equip us with patience, with endurance, with, with an intimate faith with him. Pray for a pay rise. Amen. But pray that God would help you to be a wise steward of what he's given you so that when he sets you over much, you'd be able to be faithful with that as well. Pray for resolved conflicts. Amen. But pray that you'd be able to be a person of peace and calm and of God's presence in the midst of active conflict. Pray for the crisis to be over, but pray that God would enable you to be someone, and let's just honor, die this morning, who in the midst of, of crisis happening over here is able to stand and worship. Pray for breakthrough in the external circumstances, but let's not neglect to pray for breakthrough within us. See, the thing is, Solomon didn't miss out on all the other stuff. God didn't say to Solomon, good on you, you've asked for something internal, you've asked for wisdom and that's all you'll get. God said to Solomon in verses 11 and 12, and we've already read part of this, but let's read it again. God said to Solomon, since this is your heart's desire and you've asked not asked for wealth, possessions or honour, nor for the death of your enemies. And since you've not asked for long life, but for wisdom and knowledge to govern my people. See, because Solomon's asked for something that will bring God glory as he governs God's people over whom I've made you king. Therefore, wisdom and knowledge will be given to you. You will get that inner breakthrough. You will get that inner growth and development and transformation You'll get the patience that God's trying to work in you through this season. You'll get the peace that God's trying to teach you in the midst of the storm. You'll get the inner breakthrough. And God says to Solomon, and I'll also give you wealth, possessions and honor, such as no king who was before you ever had and none after you will have. See, Solomon didn't ask God, make me super filthy rich. But in every conceivable terms, he's the most filthy, super rich person to ever walk the earth. Jeff Bezos, he's the CEO of Amazon. He divorced his wife, so he's lost half of his 
super filthy richness. Um, that's what you get. Um, but he's got nothing on Solomon. Solomon's the example of glorious splendor that, God, that Jesus uses when he's talking to his people. So Solomon didn't miss out on the other stuff. When we pursue inner transformation, we, we don't miss out on the other stuff. You won't miss out. Jesus said to his people, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God and all else will be added unto you. Now, I believe one of, the, one of the most profound ways we can seek first the kingdom of God is to seek first to be transformed inwardly to conform with the priorities, the value, the power, the glory of God's kingdom within us. Not for selfishness, but, but we can't be transformed with God's presence to reflect his kingdom without that exploding out of us and transforming the world around us. If we seek first this inner transformation, we don't miss out on the other stuff. We don't miss out on the breakthrough. So what would you ask for? So the thing is, Jesus gave you a blank check. This is not a hypothetical scenario. God showed up to Solomon and said, what, what, what do you ask of me? And I'll give it to you. The thing is, Jesus has said the same thing to you. In John 14, 12 to 14, Jesus said to his disciples, and he taught his disciples to teach all of the other disciples that would come from them, everything that Jesus had taught them. This is not just for Jesus' first uh, apostles. This is something that they were taught by Jesus to teach to all of us. Jesus said, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. You've been given a blank check. Now we spend too much time trying to wrap caveats and theological grids around what Jesus means when he says, ask anything and I'll give it to you. We spend too much time, yes, of course, there's according to God's will. Yes, of course, it's for God's glory and all of that. I've spoken about this before. We spend too much time trying to qualify Jesus' words when he didn't. Jesus was not worried about qualifying these words. He wanted us to pray as if, as if this were true. That what we ask of him will be done when we ask it in his name. You have a blank check from Jesus. So the question this morning isn't, what would you ask for? It's actually this, what will you ask for? What will you ask for in response to the blank check that God's offering you? What will you ask for? Especially when life, when your calling, when your context, when a crisis, when conflict gets bigger than you, what will you ask God for? 
Let's pray for breakthrough, but, but let's not neglect to pray for breakthrough within us. Let's not just think about what God wants to do around us, for us, but let's think about what God wants to do in us and through us. What will you ask for? Hannah and Eliza and that could come and play. What will you ask for? I believe God wants to do great things for us. I believe that God wants to move in your context, in your circumstances, to pour out favor upon you. I believe He wants to resolve conflicts. He wants to deliver you out of crisis. He wants to shift your context so that you might live a life and life to the full and not one in which you're sinking. I believe God wants to do great things for you. But I wholeheartedly believe that God wants to do great things in you and through you. So what we're going to do this morning as we finish, before we start singing a song in worship, I just want to invite you to stand. If you're in a place in life at the moment, especially where, where something's just bigger than you, I just want to invite you to stand and, and, and just say, yeah, that's me, God, so that we can pray for you. there's anything in your life at the moment that's just beyond you that's bigger than or you just don't know a way forward you don't know the answer you don't know the solution if, if there's stuff in your life that you've been praying God if you could just fix this thing then I'd be alright I just invite you to stand there And so, Father, this morning I pray for breakthrough. I don't know all the circumstances and the situations. I don't know the crises, the conflicts or the context. I, I, I don't know what they all are, Lord, but I know that you know. And we pray this morning for each and every one of these people standing and, and those who are lifting your heart, their heart up to you this morning saying, this is too big for me, God. We pray for each and every one of them that you would resolve the crisis that you would heal the conflict, that, that you would indeed make the context of their life something that's not just survivable, but thrivable, Lord. But we also pray, Father, that you would do a work within them this morning. That you would equip them, that you would enable them, that you would equip and enable each of us, Lord. that we would be able to bring you glory in the midst. That we'd be equipped and enabled to be people of peace, people of your presence, people who bring you glory, 
people who not just survive but thrive, not just when everything's resolved but in the midst. So I say this morning, come, Holy Spirit. We ask you not just to work for us, but in us and through us. Let's just have all of us, those standing and those still sitting, let's just take a moment to pray our own prayers. Pray for breakthrough around you, but what breakthrough is the Holy Spirit putting on your heart for within you this morning? Solomon asked that to be equipped and enabled with wisdom and knowledge. What, what do you need to be equipped and enabled with for this thing that's beyond you? You can pray in your heart and I just want to say I give you permission to pray out loud. That's allowed in church. There's some of us here, we, ha- we haven't stood because we're like, oh, life's okay at the moment. But I just want to encourage you now as well to pray. Even though things aren't feeling bigger and beyond you this morning, I still encourage you to pray. How would God want to equip and enable you? That you might bring his name glory. Thanks for joining us today. As you head back into your week, we want to encourage you to stay in his word, stay in his love, and stay strong in your faith. Don't forget to keep up to date with what's happening via Facebook, Instagram, or via our website at ycbc.church. See you soon.